0: All right, we are studying the broad topic this year on Sunday evenings of what people want to know about the bible we 've broken it down into a couple of to- different topics, and the topic we 're on now uh, is the end times the afterlife uh, eschatology what 's going to happen at the end of time what 's going to happen when jesus come back comes back. What are heaven and hell like? All of that is the, the study of the end times. Uh, it occurred to me that we've been at it for quite a while. Some of you may think we intend to preach on this until Jesus comes back, uh, which <laughs> I guess we could. It's a big topic, uh, lots of stuff in it, but uh, as we said at the very start, all of this, everything we know about these lessons is in prophetic language. And prophetic language is difficult to get right. Uh, not everybody agrees on it. And so I've said almost every lesson as we go through this that if you've got a little different, uh, you've studied this and think it's a little different than I'm teaching it, uh, I wouldn't argue a whole lot with you, probably. Uh, it's a matter of how you put verses together and uh the the trick is we're gonna be we wanna be ready either when we die or when he comes and after that he'll take care of the rest of it. So we don't need to uh, argue and fuss about too much of it. Uh let me illustrate something before we talk about this judgment, final judgment tonight. Uh there're a lot of websites out there that you can look for answers on or you ask a Bible question or Something, and you get all sorts of websites giving you answers. Uh, You also get all kinds of answers from right, wrong to really wrong. Uh, But one that I stumble on occasionally when I look up a question uh, just to see what people say about it is a a website called gotquestions.org. And they're usually pretty good. They, they give them in a pretty succinct way. They don't go on for pages and pages. and You can get a pretty fast answer, and you can find a few scriptures in there. And I kind of like it most of the time. So I looked it up and uh, asked about judgment. What's judgment going to be like? And their answer is this. Well, there are two separate judgments. Now, they state this all as fact, of course. There are two separate judgments, Believers are judged at the judgment seat of Christ, Romans 14, 10. Every believer will give an account of himself, and the Lord will judge the decisions he made, including those concerning issues of conscience. This judgment does not determine salvation. Then, the second judgment is that of unbelievers who will be judged at the great white throne judgment, Revelation 20. This judgment does not determine salvation either. Uh, Everyone is an unbeliever who's rejected Christ, and therefore we're already doomed to the lake of fire. They will be judged out of those things which were written in the books, according to their works. And they'll be judged on their works alone, and they'll be condemned. Okay? Now, I don't agree with that, but it's an answer. It's something that somebody that's pretty serious about Bible study uh, has studied through and found verses and thought, okay, this is the way it's going to work. Uh, what I'm going to present to you tonight is a little bit different than that, uh, close in some aspects, but different. Uh, and it comes from the study I've done, which is not certainly a lifelong pursuit, but uh, I've, I've worked at it pretty good considering everything. <laughs> and, and I think this is my best interpretation of what's going to happen at the final judgment uh, as of today. I'll probably change it in the future, and I may change it radically when I get there. say, whoa, this isn't anything like I thought it was going to be. Uh, But here's what I think the Bible says about it. So let's go through this. Uh, I started with uh, saying that we jokingly say in this life that there's only two things that are certain, death and taxes. The Bible doesn't quite say that. The Bible says the only two things that are certain are death and judgment. Uh, Hebrews 9:27, man's destined to die once, and after that to face judgment. So judgment is real. It's gonna happen. Uh, the Old Testament teaches a final judgment. The New Testament teaches a final judgment. Hebrews chapter 6, uh, verses 1 and 2. Uh, The writer of Hebrews is talking about the, the real basic things of Christianity. He calls them the foundational things, the elementary things, things that everybody ought to know. And he says one of them is the judgment. Everybody ought to know about the judgment. Now, I don't think he means in the detail that we're going to talk about it tonight, but the fact that there's going to be a judgment. That's elementary. That's the way we understand it. So it's real. It's going to happen. I I did the outline of the former questions this week. Uh, When will the judgment take place? Well, we already talked about that last week. It's going to be after the second coming. When Christ comes, according to that song, it's going to be a bright and cloudless morning. Uh, uh, Some of our theology comes from our songs, but that isn't, uh, I assume, with Christ's glory and radiance and flaming angels, it's going to be cloudless. But I don't know if it's going to be a bright and cloudless morning for sure. But it's going to be after the second coming, and the universe is destroyed. All of the humans, both dead and alive, have been resurrected and given resurrection bodies and raptured up uh, to Christ, to in His presence. And that's what Matthew twenty-five says. The order of things is the Son of Man is going to come in His glory. And then all nations are going to be separated into two groups. And then we'll go into our eternal states, heaven or hell. So that middle part there, judgment, uh, that's when it's going to take place. On the day, the day of Christ, after the second coming, after the earth has been destroyed and everybody's been caught up. Now, where will it take place? Well, my best answer is in the throne room of God. Because all physical things, this universe, has been destroyed. Uh, All humans have been caught up into the invisible sphere, uh, which I think is easiest to call the throne room of God. I think it's where Ezekiel and all the rest of them had their visions. Uh, They saw God on his throne, and they saw the cherubim and all of that attending to him, and uh, that's where all of that takes place. Uh, Matthew 25, 31 calls it Christ's throne. That's where this is going to take place. Revelation 20:11 calls it the great white throne. I think it's the same place. Uh, that thing I read to you from the website, they make a distinction there. They think Christ is going to have some kind of judgment uh, in a lower place, and then we're, the wicked are going up to the great white throne. Uh, I don't see any difference. I don't see any proof to call it different. I think they're both the same place. How many judgments will there be? Uh, that article said two. Some premillennialists will tell you up to four. They've got judgments for all kinds of different groups, and the Hebrews, and this group, and that group, and the wicked, and all of that. Uh, I don't find that in Scripture. I think there's one judgment coming. Scripture always talks about the day, a single day, a single time. Acts 1731 said he has set a day when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed. He's set a day, not a whole bunch of different days, not seven years apart or a thousand years apart or anything else, a day of judgment. Who will judge? Uh, the Bible calls God the judge all the time or a lot. Uh, Hebrews 12, God is the judge of all men. Uh, judgment is called God's righteous judgment. but Jesus explained it a little differently in John 522 he said, the Father judges no one but has entrusted all judgment to the Son. So when we use the word God, if we're using it in the term of deity, the divinity, the Trinity, uh, yes, God judges. But the son said, the father's delegated that to me. I'm going to do the judging. So Christ will be the judge. We will stand before the judgment seat of Christ, Second Corinthians 5.10. Christ is the one who's going to judge the living and the dead, Second Timothy 4, one. Who will be judged? Now it's starting to get interesting here. All this other stuff you probably already understood or believed, but who's going to be judged? Now, the wicked, we know we're going to be judged. We like that part. Uh, we, we don't like it. We don't relish in it, but that's easy to accept. Well, of course the wicked have got to be judged. And Jude fourteen fifteen says that very clearly. The wicked are going to be judged. But there are some verses in the Bible that make it sound like believers, people in Christ, really won't be judged, that we'll just kind of pass through this position. Uh, the most famous one is John five twenty four. Jesus said, He who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and does not come into judgment, but has passed out of death into life. So that sounds like well, we've, we're we're okay. Uh, we don't have to come into judgment. We don't have to go through judgment. Uh, we've already got eternal life. So we're just going to pass through the turnstile somehow uh, without any kind of judgment going on. Uh, that's one of the few verses that says things like that. Uh, and the problem is that the, the translation of the word judgment uh, is kind of wrong there. Uh, judgment, used the way it says there, uh, is any kind of judgment. But judgment often means a negative judgment, a condemnation. Okay? He faces judgment. He faces condemnation. Now, Romans 8 1's got it right. Romans 8 1, Paul said, If you're in Christ, there is what? No judgment condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You're not going to be condemned. But he doesn't say you're not going to be judged. Now, it starts to get a little more difficult as we go on here, but hang with me and I think you'll see where we're we're going when we get there. Uh, The main reason, I think, well not the main reason there a lot of reasons, but one of the big reasons I think Christians are going to go through a judgment a review of our deeds is that anytime it talks about the judgment event it always says all and each one and the world okay the two best verses or the two most convincing at least are romans fourteen ten and 2 corinthians five ten And Paul says, we, he's writing to Christians, and he says, we must all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. He doesn't say, now the wicked have got to stand before the judgment seat, and we're just going to pass by, and nary a word will be said. He doesn't say that. He says, we all must stand before the judgment seat of Christ. In fact, he tells the people that were judging each other, he said, what do you think you're doing judging your brother? He said, we're all going to have to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Christ will take care of that. So I believe all mankind will be judged. Now you notice I put quotation marks around judged there because it depends on what you mean by judged. But I believe all mankind will go through this final judgment, the righteous and the wicked. Well, okay, if that's true, what's going to be judged? Uh, I thought he forgot all our sins. So how's he going to bring any up if he forgot all of them? Well, I believe every aspect of our lives are going to be revealed or judged or evaluated on that day. Uh, Matthew 16:27, Jesus said He will repay every man according to his deeds. Romans 2:5 and 6, the righteous judgment of God means that He will render to each person according to his deeds. And then there's a, I put down a whole bunch of verses. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. This will take place on the day when God will judge men's secrets through Jesus Christ. First Corinthians 4 5, he will bring to light what is hidden in darkness and will expose the motives of men's hearts. At that time each will receive his praise from God. Whoa. Catch that one? See if it's only the wicked, and God's going to go over their deeds and condemn them, uh, Where's the praise come in? But uh, 1 Corinthians 4 5 says what's going to happen is he will bring to light what's hidden in darkness. He'll expose the motives of men's hearts, and each will receive his praise from God. So there's going to be some praise for somebody. I believe that's us believers. We're going to have our works reviewed. We're going to receive some praise. Now, I know that we've been taught, I think I've probably said it in sermons too, uh, that our sins will not be brought out. They're they're forgotten, forgiven in the depths of the sea, all of that. Uh, There's some verses that sound like that. Hebrews 8.12 says, God will remember their sin no more. Okay. Well, we know from grammar and everything else what that means. Uh, We know God doesn't forget our sins. He's He's omniscient. He doesn't forget anything. Uh, Do you forget things that somebody's done against you? Husband and wife. Somebody that's done something to you. Do you forget it? Do you ever forget it? not really truly. I mean, it may be so long ago that you'd never think of it, but it's still in there. Now, if you say, I've forgotten that, when the fight is over and everything's settled and it's all made up, and you say, I've forgotten that. I'll never mention it again. That's what you mean. I'll never bring it up again. I'll never use it to condemn you again. Some people keep that list real handy, and they just repeatedly condemn the other with it. I think that's what it means when God says he will remember our sins no more. He'll never hold them against us. He'll never condemn us with them, but that doesn't mean he'll never mention them. I think in the judgment day, he's going to mention them, because it says over and over that everybody is going to go through this. All, everyone, the world. Now, like I said, it's starting to get confusing. If somehow all these works, deeds, even sins are going to be brought up, what's the purpose of judgment? Yeah, now this is the biggie. If you, if you don't get this part, all the rest will really bother you. you, you got to get the purpose of of judgment, and I know I'm going kind of fast here. Uh, I want to get this lesson done in one night uh, and keep us moving here, and so we're just going to roll on. The purpose of judgment, it is not to determine who's going to heaven and who's going to hell. It's not to determine who's lost and who's saved. We settled that four or five weeks ago. That's settled at death. Or if you're still alive when Jesus comes back, it's settled when he comes back. With the breath of his mouth, he's going to destroy the righteous, they're all of uh, the wicked. They're all going to die. At death, it's settled. You either go to paradise or you go to the other part of the place of Hades. It's settled then, whether you're going to heaven or hell. In that intermediate state, it's settled. So that's not what judgment is about. So what is it about? Well, I think a couple of interesting things I put down first before I put the really biggie down. Uh, One thing, I think, is it's the first formal separation of the saved and the lost. And you say, well, what's the big deal about that? What you've got to remember is, through all of this, we are cognizant beings. We know what's going on. We're thinking still. In fact, Jesus said during the judgment, there's going to be people arguing with him. They're going to be people say, "Hold it now! He, Whoa, I got, I got to have an exception to that, Your Honor." I think that's going to happen. So we're all watching all of this. We're all seeing all of this. And here at the when we're all caught up, the first thing that happens is we are formally separated into the right hand and the left hand folks. Always before this, we're intermingled. There may be a few left-hand folks in here tonight. I can't tell. I think you're all going to be on the right-hand side with me. I can't tell. But on that day, it's going to be separated. We're going to see it. It's going to make it clear. Uh Aha, they're saved. They're lost. That's a... A big one from our point of view. God knows this stuff already. You don't need to know this, but we get to know it. Okay. Second thing I put down is there's going to be this public proclamation, which may not seem that big a deal, but I think it's going to be a big deal. When we have award ceremonies and things like that on this earth, when the, the MC finally says, this person has entered into the Hall of Fame. That's a big deal when they say that. Okay. On that day, to these two groups, Jesus is going to say to one group, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance. And he's going to say to the other group, Depart from me, you who are cursed into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. And everybody's going to hear that, and everybody's going to see it. They're going to understand what's happening. I think those are just two sidelights. I think the real reason for judgment, the real purpose of judgment is to vindicate to us the justice and grace of God. We can't figure it out on this earth. If I had the power somehow, I just thought of this off the top of my head so it may go bad on me, but if I could Go through this audience and say, okay, you over here, you over there, you over there, you over here, you over here, you over there. Separate everybody. And I say, okay, this group is going to heaven, this group's going to hell. Would I get any arguments? If I could do that, everybody would argue. No, you can't be on that side. No, I can't be on this side. No, you've got that all wrong. Okay, well, when God makes the judgment, and he's already made it, he's separated the groups, he says there's going to be people that argue with that, that say, God, that's not right. Okay, so what's the purpose of the judgment? To prove to us, we're not omniscient, to prove to us that God is right. To vindicate everything that he has done and ever done. How do you do that? Well, if you publicly examine every person's deeds, every person's thoughts, explain all of that, get it out in the open, God's rightness and impartiality will be revealed. Nobody, when it's all done, can say that's unfair. I I still got a complaint. In fact, the Bible says after this, everybody will be without excuse, and every mouth will be closed. It's going to settle it. But when it's all revealed, when we know the whole story, that happens sometimes on earth, doesn't it? We hear a rumor about something, or somebody reports to us that this employee did that, or this student did that, and we bring them in and talk to them, and we hear the whole story, and we say, ah, okay, I understand now. You're not guilty, or you are guilty, or once you get the whole story, it makes sense. I think that's what the judgment is about. God's going to be justified because at the end, everybody's going to look and say, okay, that group over there are lost. This group over here is saved. After I heard all of that, after I listened to all of that, I know now why they're lost. I know everything they did, everything they thought, all the opportunities they had. I see that they deserve what they're getting and that they chose it. And everybody over here that is saved, I see that they are going to get what they don't deserve, and I know why. Because of the decisions they made about trusting in God's grace instead of their own works. I know everything they did, I know they don't deserve it, but I know why God's giving it to them, to God be the glory. I think that's what judgment's about. Judgment, understand this, this one line here, I probably should have highlighted it. Justice is not about, I mean judgment, excuse me, judgment is not about the destinies of individuals, it's about the glory of God. Underline that. That's the only way you'll ever understand this judgment thing and why we have to go through it. Okay, one more. Number four on your outline. There are some passages, quite a few actually, that seem to indicate that there's going to be degrees of reward and punishment. Degrees of reward in heaven, degrees of punishment in hell. I would not argue for three seconds about that's absolutely certain, and I'm positive, sure of it, and all that. I don't know if there are or not. These verses sound like it. And if there is a concept of rewards and punishment in degrees, then the only way you establish that is to examine everybody's deeds. And thoughts. Okay? We're saved by grace. That's settled. We're not arguing that. But if there are degrees of reward and punishment, you got to go through, you got to hear what the person did and why and how he thought and all of that. God doesn't need that. God knows it. We need to hear it. So we vindicate God's judgment. Okay, you can look at these verses. I'll I'll read them in case somebody's listening on the CD. Luke chapter 12, 47 and 48, the story of the servant. Uh, One one of the servants, one of them's beaten with many blows, the other one with few blows. Jesus says, "From those who have been given much, much will be demanded." You see, just that one little phrase. How are we going to understand that for all of mankind? We'll look over there in the lost bunch, and we'll say, "Hold it! He didn't do he didn't do this or that or the other, but this person over here did." The, we don't know anything about what their opportunities were. So somebody was given much more than somebody else. We don't know that until we hear it. Uh, Luke chapter twenty and verse forty-seven. Jesus said the hypocritical religious leaders would receive greater condemnation. Well, how do you do that if there isn't some degree? I mean, going to hell is pretty bad condemnation. And if that's what everybody gets, if there are no degrees, then that statement makes no sense. Matthew chapter 11, verse 22 through 24, Jesus said, that's pretty clear, it will be more tolerable for some than others in the day of judgment. be more tolerable for some than others. James chapter 3 and verse 1 says that if you have a greater responsibility, it will result in stricter judgment. See, none of this is talking about grace that grace settles it that's how we are getting in it's the only way we're getting in yeah. and all the parables the pounds and the talents and all of that the servants that did better got more rewards I know they're parables I know it doesn't say it's but he said that's what the kingdom of heavens like and it may all be physical it may all be on this earth i don't know If it was just those verses, I wouldn't be quite so convinced, but 1 Corinthians 3, that's the one that gets me. 1 Corinthians 3, verses 12 through 15, and I admit it's a perplexing passage. I can't explain it totally to myself, but Paul said, the quality of each man's work will be tested at the judgment day. And he's writing to Christians, folks. He's not talking about the wicked. He's writing to Christians, and listen to this. He says, the quality of each man's work will be tested with fire. And then he equates the works of some with gold and silver and jewels that pass the test and result in a reward. And then he said, the works of others are like wood and hay and straw. They fail the test. They get burned up. And he said that will result in salvation, but no rewards. In fact, he says, that guy will barely be saved. Now, that sounds like degrees to me. I don't know what they are. I don't know what it means. I'm just saying these verses, to me, sound like part of judgment will be assigning different degrees of reward and punishment. I don't know. Maybe the greater reward will be an ability to enjoy heaven more. I don't know. Maybe it's better robes or better, more crowns or bigger mansions. All that's fine with me. I don't care. You know, if I get there, and George Mueller's got the biggest mansion up there, that's okay with me. And it'll really be okay with me after I've listened through the judgment. After I've heard everybody's complete story. It'll all make perfect sense to me. All right, last problem. If all this is as I've laid it out and possibly true, what's the deal with being judged by or justified by faith But being judged by having all your works and deeds and thoughts and everything else revealed to everybody? What's the deal here? I thought I was justified by faith. I thought that covered it. I thought grace covered all this stuff. I thought the blood of Christ continually cleansed all my sins and I wouldn't have to answer for them. You don't have to answer for them. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Judgment's not about who goes to heaven and who goes to hell. Judgment is about the glory of God. Work through this with me. First of all, if we accept the concept of reward and punishment degrees, then you got to expose everybody's deeds. They've got to be taken into account. Second, remember James, what he said about faith. He said the only way you can tell if there's really faith is to look at the works, look at the deeds. That's the only way you can be sure, and that deeds are the evidence of faith. So for God's judgment to be vindicated, for him to be glorified totally after the judgment, everybody's got to see that connection. There are going to be some people on the lost side that talk the big game of faith. After we listen to their whole story and hear what happened and how their whole life was lived, we're going to understand that faith was phony baloney. It's going to be clear to us. There's going to be some people on the saved side that we're going to think, man, they sure didn't do much. But we're going to learn all about their circumstances and their opportunities and the things they had to deal with, and we're going to say, man, they had some faith. All going to be clear to us. Third, here's the the main one, Revelation 20, 11 through 15, if you read that vision and accept it as a good vision of what judgment's going to be like, it seems to describe two stages, and I realize I'm going so fast on this that your head's probably spinning, that's why I printed so much of it out so you can go home and read it. It seems to be two stages in that passage. And the first statement, the first one, is a judgment according to the books. It says everybody was judged according to the books. The books were opened. Now, I don't know what's in the books. My two theories are, and the only two possibilities really, are what everybody has done. All of your deeds, all of your thoughts, everything, your whole history. Or it could be the book of standards. It could be what you are being judged by or against, if you will. Either one of them work fine in this story. Okay? Uh, I went to court one time. A police officer gave me—actually, he was a sheriff's officer—gave me a ticket for going over a railroad track. Okay, the train was a mile and a half away. There weren't any bars down or anything. Okay. I knew that was okay. I thought it was okay. And then I went to the, back when you had to go to the library, I went to the library and looked up in the law book and I read the law and I decided, yep, I'm okay. So I went to court. Okay? The attorney, public, uh, whatever he is, the one, the defender, the prosecutor, that's what he was. He got up and told the judge this story about me crossing the railroad tracks and all of that. And then the policeman got up and he explained it all. And the judge said, now hold it. You want me to, and then I got to explain my side of it, so I did. And the judge said, you want me to convict Mr. Tandy of what law? And they said, well, that... I... and, and the judge reached down under his bench and he said, let me help you. He opened up the law book, and he read the law to him. He said, this is what the law says. What part of that do you want me to convict him under? And the prosecutor started stammering and stuttering because he knew I wasn't guilty of any of that. Okay? And he tried to explain it for a little while, and the judge finally got frustrated with him and said, case dismissed. Okay, Now, I was judged... What I did was revealed to the court, but the book was opened, and what the standard was, was read. Either one of those will work. Whatever's in the books, I don't really care. That's what we're going to be judged by. Everything we did is going to be revealed, or the standard is going to be revealed. It's all going to be put together so we understand it. Now, that's going to happen, but that's not the end. The end. You keep reading the story, and there's more to it. Okay? Stage two is, then they open the book of life. First, everybody's judged by the books. Then the book of life is open. It's the Lamb's book of life, mentioned in a couple other places in Revelation. Okay? And the idea seems to be to me that after going through the judgment by works, or by deeds, or whatever you want to call it. And nobody would get in. Nobody qualifies. And we understand all of that. Some of you are thinking, how long is this going to take? You know, I don't know. If it takes a thousand years, when we're done, God's going to say, that was a good day's work. Yeah, we got time. I don't know how long it's going to take, but we're going to go through it, I think. And... After we find out that these folks over here don't deserve heaven. They've chosen to be thrown into the lake of fire. And these people over here don't deserve heaven either. But they've chosen to trust in God's grace. He's going to open the book of life. And he's going to start reading names off the roll. And everybody in that group is going to get to go in. Why? Because their name's written in the book of life. Because of what they did? No, that's not what we're here for. But now we understand it all. We understand what everybody's been through. We have understand everything they thought, everything they did. And it all makes perfect sense to us. Which is the last benefit of this whole understanding is if all of this happens, and if all of us confront all of our deeds, you're saying, man, that's going to be embarrassing. Yeah, it is. But if we do that, we confront all of our deeds, even our sins. Jesus himself tells us that your works, what you did, they really helped the kingdom. That was gold and silver and jewels. And some people are going to tell, you worked all your life on this. And I was like, hey, you didn't do the kingdom any good. I th- that's a whole other sermon there. People who are getting in, even if I want to say they barely get in, they're saved by grace. But look at how we live our lives differently and what we do. I don't don't want to speak ill of the dead, but a writer just passed away in our brotherhood that published a little paper that came out every month. And all it did was hammer people that thought differently than he did about things. That's all he wrote about. My theory is, I think, do I think he's getting into heaven? Yeah, I think he's saved by the grace of God. But when we go through this judgment, I think Jesus is going to say, now about this paper you spent your whole life writing, tearing down brothers in Christ. What good do you think that did the kingdom? I think that's going to happen. I think we're all going to see It's all going to make perfect sense. But if we go through this, if we have all our deeds, our sins, our works, our thoughts, all of it completely revealed, and then we hear that announcement that we know we're going to get, I mean, bear in mind, we've been in paradise. Bear in mind, we're in this group. We know what's going to happen. When we hear that announcement, And to the T's now, Tandy, Stephen Lewis, you're in the book of life. Come on in. When we hear that, you know what we're going to think? To God be the glory. Totally. That's the only way I'm getting in. That is absolutely the only way I get to enter heaven's gates. And when I enter heaven's gates after going through all of that, there will be nothing on my mind except thanksgiving and praise. Absolutely no boasting on my part. I think this whole process will produce that kind of glory to God. That's what I think the second or the final judgment is going to be, be like. Best I can study it out. hope you study it out and agree with some of it anyway. Are you ready is the really important question uh, because it's all settled at death. If you're not ready, we'll be happy to help you this evening put Christ on in baptism or whatever you need to do to make things right. Uh, Let's stand and sing a song. If you need to come, come.